The Graveyard Riddle, chapter 33. We're on page 237. At first, I thought that this was some kind of bizarre joke. I waited for the pitch line, but he just stared at me. He was waiting for me to answer. What do you mean, I said. You're Special Agent Hal Vincent. You work with the, with the Worley Tower branch of M18. Hal just stared at me, confused. He looked back down at his broken watch. I think you might be in some kind of a shock. You've been under a terrible amount of stress lately. Just take a deep breath, okay? Slowly and steady. My phone bleeped and I quickly took it out of my pocket. It was mom. Where are you, Melody? Everybody's here. Listen, I've got to go, but I'll come back in a couple of hours and check on you, okay? I found this riddle in the graveyard stone and we can try and solve it. Then we might be able to solve the case of the kingfisher necklace. I don't think there's a kingfisher necklace. No. And prove to Jake and Matthew that once and for all who you that you are who you say you are. Won't that be great? Hal was taking a deep breath. Deep breaths, like I said. He didn't say anything. I'll come back as soon as I can, I said. Just try and relax. Oh, she's so nice to him. He nodded. I hesitated for a moment, then I got up and went to the door. I quickly chucked, ducked out, and ran across the cul-de-sac. There was no fear that I'd be spotted this time. Everyone would be in the graveyard. Everyone that was except for Jake, for Rory Jenkins. Oh, yeah, because Mr. Jenkins was not a friend anymore. When I got there, there was no sign of him. The crowd of people getting ready to start to work. <sighs> I'm on my good part. I'm on the good part. Oh, good. Um... Okay, there were a few faces that I recognized from a nearby street and about 15 of us in all. I spotted Hannah with Max and a baby carrier to her chest. He was kicking his feet and gurgling. Wilson was yapping and spinning around on the leash at her feet. She was in deep conversation with Matthew's mom, Sheila. Sheila kept rubbing her arm and nodding. Mom gave me a wave. I went back. I went and stood by Jake and Matthew. What on earth just happened, said Ma- said Matthew. He he was so weird. Of course he did. Jake broke his watch. Jake broke his watch, didn't he? She said sharply. That's what that was watch was really important for part of his mission. His mission, Jake said. Come on, Melody, he's hiding something. Mm-mm. I think he oh, yes he is for sure. I didn't reply. Time was running out, and there was no way Jake or Matthew would be able to keep quiet much longer. Hal had to solve this case, and fast. Old Nina appeared beside us. Oh, but he didn't have Nina's brooch in his thing, so he didn't steal it. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't steal stuff. No, I don't think so. He, he's just an orphan, and he's not a spy. Yeah. <sighs> Old Nina appeared beside us. It was a warm day, and she had her jacket over her arm. She was wearing a red and white spotted dress, and pinned to one side was her sparkly blue brooch. Hello, Nina. I said you found your brooch. I looked at Matthew and Jake and raised eyebrows at them. Yes, it was such a relief. I did what you suggested, Melody, and rang some of the shops. Someone had handed it to the newsstand. People can be so kind, don't you think? She smiled and walked off to help Brian with the refreshments table. I turned to Jake. See, I said, I told you Hal had nothing to do with it. Jake shrugged. Okay, maybe he didn't take the brooch, but he definitely is up to something. Hey, Melody, did you hear about Mr. Jenkins? Uh, Wait, hold on. Hey, Melody, did you hear about Mr. Jenkins, said Matthew. 
I shook my head. He's gone. Mum spoke to Hannah and he's moved all of his stuff, to, his stuff up, maybe for good. Poor Hannah and Max, I said. I hope they're okay. I think those are his kids. To my surprise, yeah, they are. yep, Hannah waved at Jake, who went over. She passed him. She passed him Wilson's leash and came back with us as the puppy bound around his feet. I said I'd look for Wilson for her today. It looks like she's got her hands full. I'd look after Wilson for her today. It looks like she's got her hands full. What with that baby and everything. He said, he said, I looked at Matthew and then he grinned. Jake bent down and ruffled the fluffy hair on top of Wilson's head. The dog's pink tongue spilled out to the side of his mouth and pant- as he panted. Charles walked, no, Mr. Charles walked to the front of the group, holding on to Teddy's hand. Casey was sitting Casey was sitting on the ground behind them with a book in her lap. Mr. Charles cleared his throat. Excuse me, everybody. I just wanted to say a few things before we got started. Firstly, thank you for coming today. It's so wonderful to see so many of you here and for all of us working together for the good of the community. Now, if you don't mind, I'll organize into... We you, you keep pulling the blanket. Sorry. I'll organize in... Um, I'll organize you into groups. I thought one group could start in the back of the rectory. Nina has asked if we wouldn't mind clearing some of her old brambles that are creeping over the wall into her lovely garden. We'll work there, said a woman from another street. Thank you. Thank you, said Mr. Charles. Sue, Claudia, and Hannah, maybe you can take some of the ivy off of the main gates. Brian, could you start by cutting back some of the long grass around the horse chestnut tree? No problem, said Brian. Melody, Jake, Matthew, do you want to make? Do you want to start over over there? Mister Charles pointed to the oldest area near the plague house. Mister Charles said, "Old Nina, quietly, shouldn't some of the cemetery be left for wildlife? I don't want to drive any insects or creatures away." I smiled. She was right. The graveyard was also full of butterflies and bumblebees and grasshoppers. Of course, said Mister Charles. Just clear some of the po- some of the pathways as little as you can, so that people can walk through without getting. Okay, Peyton. Literally. literally. I know, but you're literally pulling the blanket off. Just come sit on the bed, honey. Driving me crazy. Um, great. Now I lost my spot. Thank you. Thanks, Peyton. <laughs> Thanks for making me lose my spot. Okay. Of course, Mr. Charles said, just clear some of the pathways as little as you can so that people can walk through without getting their legs scratched by thorns. Old Nina smiled. Nina has... Nina kindly offered to serve refreshments. So do pop, wait, so do pop back here for, so do pop back here for a cup of tea or coffee whenever you wish, said Mr. Charles. Teddy, Casey, and I will be, come around to each of you with my wheelbarrow to collect things. Teddy jumped up and down when he heard his important job that he would be doing. Casey did not look up from her book. Oh my god, look, it's Peyton. Because yesterday, when you were picking me up, I was reading. I know, she was reading a little book when I picked her up from school on the grass. Okay, thank you all, said Mr. Charles. Your help with the big graveyard cleanup is greatly appreciated. Everyone wandered off to their designated area. Sue came over with us with a canvas bag and some tools and two pairs of gardening gloves for me and Jake. Matthew was already wearing a brand new pair. He darted over towards Casey, who was now standing up with her book under her arm. He crouched down in front of her and said something. She peered over the shoulder and glared at me, and then she looked back at Matthew and she said something. 
They were talking about Dad's letter. I was sure of it. Matthew came back. What was that all about? I said. I'm just putting a few things in motion to get that letter for you. That's all. I smiled. He's He really was going to help. The three of us headed off to where we'd been asked to work. Jake was being pulled in all directions as Wilson as uh, Wilson darted his way this way and that. It was like he didn't want to miss out on it, a chance to sniff everything. Matthew and I walked past the water tap. I was thinking about you and Hal, he said. Me- Melody, have you ever thought that you might want to believe that Hal is telling the truth because the alternative is too painful, he said. What do you mean, I said. Matthew bit his bottom lip and then mewled over his words. You told me that you told me about your dad and how he'd been lying to you and your mom for so many years. I think I think you want Hal to be telling the truth so badly that you're not saying saying straight. I wonder if you're being a little bit um gullible. Do you, it means that you just believe anything that people tell you. Yeah. I thought about it for a bit. I don't know, I said. I th- thinking thinking about it like that made me feel a bit dizzy. Maybe it's not go maybe it's got nothing to do with my dad. Maybe I chose to see the best in people and I like to give people a chance. Matthew went quiet. We walked for a while in silence. Come on, he said, let's get let's make a start. We joined Jake, who was standing by the, some tall weeds that appeared to be moving on their own. Wilson suddenly appeared in the middle of them. His pure white fur was now covered in green seeds. What do we do then, said Jake. What do we do then, said Jake. Clear some of the pathways, I guess, he said. I bent down and pulled a piece of ivy. I followed the vine as I pulled. It snaked long on the path and into the grave. Hold on. Into, yeah, into a grave. Oh. Where it had wrapped the now illegible headstone in strangled grip. In a strangled grip, tiny letters suckered. The tiny little suckers sprouted all over its long stem, which held fast. I tugged, and eventually it came free. I threw it into a dusty path. Okay. Matthew was standing and watching. He probably didn't want to get near the graves as he was worried about germs. How about you snip the weeds? How about you snip the weeds and ivy into manageable pieces? I said, it'll be easier for Mr. Charles to collect it if it's smaller. I took some pruning shears from the canvas bag and Sue gave to me. Sure, he said, taking them. I pulled on more of the ivy and Jake joined in as well we were both ended up with arms full of long tendrils which which we dropped besides matthew jake kept wilson's leash looped around his hand and every now and again he reached down and patted the little dog while we worked i thought about what matthew had said to me jake do you think i'm gullible i said matthew shot me a look as i as jake snorted i guess he said you're certainly un- you're certainly unique melody i don't ever think i've met anyone else like you unique just means different that's okay i stopped and put my hands yeah unique means very very different um what do you mean by th- I-, I stopped and put my hands on my hips what do you mean by that jake he turned to face me wiping his forehead with his hand i don't know i guess you can be a bit weird I sc- I scowled, ready to argue. But then you're, but then you are kind and thoughtful too. So I guess it kind of makes up for the weird stuff. I frowned at him. 
His eyes darted towards mine and then looked away. It's like when you, it's like what you do in math, what you did in math class the other day. When, yep, when you stood up and said that you'd thrown the eraser and then everybody copied you. That was typical Melody Bird. He began to laugh. An odd thing to do, but also nice. Okay, so that's a compliment. He turned back to the weeds and looked over at Matthew and, and he shrugged. I wasn't sure, but I thought Jake Bishop had just given me a massive compliment. I think so. I went back to pulling weeds. I went back to pulling weeds. I thought that there would be a way that an old, I thought that would always have, I thought that I would always have an odd friendship with Jake. He was so challengeable, a bit, a bit like the wind. You never knew which direction he was going to blow. I still can't understand why you're believing everything Hal tells you, Jake piped up again. I groaned. No, listen to me, he said. Let's say he's telling the truth, trying to catch this so-called criminal, Martin Stone. What are those stupid notes about? The riddles. And the stinging nettle brushed against my shin and I felt a sharp pain. I crushed, I crushed it beneath my sneaker. Well, someone is leaving them, I said. I picked another one up last night. What did it say, said Matthew. I stopped and wiped my forehead with my sleeve. There is no harm in telling him now. Well, it was definitely the hardest one yet. It said, the man who made it did not want it. The man who bought it did not use it. The man who used it did not know it. That's just kind of a load of nonsense, said Jake, brushing the dirt off the t-shirt. Who's, what's the point of them? I shrugged. Maybe it, maybe it will all make sense when you put them all together. I pulled on the thistle that nearly reached my waist, trying to avoid its sharp edges. The man who used it did not know it, Matthew said. Wait, air? Oxygen? No one makes oxygen, though, said Jake, stopping for a moment. Plants do. And what about the man who bought it? That's all weird. Jake turned his back and then pulled on another tall tendril. Yeah. When he stumbled back a little to the grave, ugh, he said, finding his balance. The ground is so wonky here. That's where the coffins have rotted away, I said. It makes the ground sink a little. Oh, God. Jake shuddered, then bent back towards, bent, bent back to tackle the weeds. Did you know they used to reuse coffins in, in Georgian times, I said, remembering what Hal had told me. They used to dig them up and tip all the bones out and sell them again. Matthew grimaced, and Jake shook his head. See what I mean, Melody Bird? Weird. I pulled on some more ivy and stopped. Hang on a minute, I said. The riddle, I think I've got it. The man who made it did not want it. The man who bought it did not use it. The man who used it did not know it. I clapped my hand. Oh, it's brilliant. Math, Matthew and Jake both grinned. Go on, then tell us. What's the answer? I smiled at them and waited. Their eyes were wide and eager to hear the solution and what it might be. My tummy tingled as I took a deep breath. Oh, it's a coffin. It's a coffin. Yep. The man who made it did not want it. The man who bought it did not use it. The man who used it did not know it. A coffin. Okay, that makes sense. He used the coffin he's dead. Yeah, and he doesn't even know anything. Because he's dead. He's dead. Because he's dead. Right? He dead. He dead. He dead. He dead. He dead. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Welcome to Reading to Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. 
We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five.